You're listening to a 9to5.cc podcast. Hey everyone, just a quick reminder that if you're going to be making any purchases on Amazon.com, Amazon.ca, or Zazzle.com, please go to www.9to5.cc first and click the links in the sidebar or at the bottom of the page to support the site. It makes no difference to you, but it really helps us out a lot. Enjoy the show. Thanks. Welcome everybody to the 9to5 Entertainment System, and sorry ladies, all three of us are taken. Like, completely taken. What do we talk about, guys? We talk about Keith getting hit on. Then we talk about bowling at the forum. We talk about one two. <laughs> you wanna, Are what? you kidding me? Star Wars episode one. Oh, Star Wars episode one. The, uh, Phantom, the Menace. Phantom Menace. Then we talk about Thor Ragnarok. Then we get into Stranger Things season two, cast a deadly spell, Cropsy, and a letter from the listener. All this and more on the 9 to 5 Entertainment System. Children's coffee. Children's coffee. I guess we should. Uh, I pressed record, but I haven't started the timer yet. But that's okay. Welcome, everyone, to the 9 to 5 Entertainment System episode, what we say, 148? 146. 146. Yeah. Are we going to do anything special for 150, guys? I feel we should start hyping our listeners up for that now. We could just we 150. Could hype them. Hold on, hold on. We hype and do nothing. <laughs> like, <No>. Are you <laughs> ready? That's, that's, that's the reverse hype. That's like John's sneaky hype. But 150 is going to be so big. 150 is going to be so <laughs> It's going to be triple sized. We're going to bring back on. You know, past hosts. <laughs> Phil. We no. can fly Phil in for 150. Yeah, exactly. Phil, Sam. Yep. Jimmy. Jimmy Mark. Uh-huh. Ro. Mm-hmm. Why 150, though? What do you mean, why 150? It's well, 150 episodes. But, like, why not 200? That means we've been doing it well, for... Okay, well, hang on, let me do a quick count. 150 16 hours. years. 16. What do you mean, but why 200? Well, because 200 is still over two years away. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. If we live in a city where they can make a big deal about a 375, because that's a number that you celebrate, 375. Yeah. What, compared to the other cities that celebrate 375? I don't know, but Canada was celebrating 150. I feel like there's some that could celebrate 2,000. 375 is just not that 375 important. is kind of weird. I feel it's yeah. not even around. I feel there's a certain point where you kind of stop celebrating. But we got some lights on that bridge. Maybe, so. maybe we need to think about how we had a mayor who just really wanted to party. Maybe. That's such a man. That mayor. I think we already talked about the we sure did. elections last time. What's been going on, you guys? I, I have a personal anecdote that was just something that happened to me. It sounds like you have something to talk about. I guess it's not really. It did start with what's happening, guys, and then it <laughs> continued into. No, but I was just, it was just it was something that I was. Everybody I was, got I was that, talking. Right? I'm not such a mean. What's happening, guys? But not <laughs> I'm about tell you. you. <laughs> <laughs> that. Um, so I went to Sophie Tucker at Newspeak on Friday night. Uh, Newspeak is none of those words made any sense to me. <laughs> I think that's like what a school. Is, what is Newspeak? Is it, is it, do you guys remember the old Newspeak is 1984? I know that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, but yes, uh, remember Underworld <laughs> venue? The Underworld venue, John and I had been there. We saw some podcasts recorded at Just for Laughs. Oh, yeah, it was great. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's on actually the, upstairs. Yeah, upstairs. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. That's the venue. So, Newspeak is now what used to be Underworld. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's owned by the people that throw all the I Love Neon parties mm-hmm. who are friends of ours. Uh, anyway, Sophie Tucker is one part Sophie, one part Tucker. It's a guy and a girl, and they make music, and they were throwing the Odessa after party. So hmm. it was just like a uh, fun. I like Odessa. Yeah, yeah. It's good. Yeah. Well, their new album's not, no, but not, not great. Yeah. Old stuff, yeah. Anyway, and it was just uh, I just uh, something happened to me. I was just like, I was just chilling out. It was kind of a late night. I was uh, partying with Sarah and Alex, and they were in like full girl mode, and I was just kind of like. What thir- does that mean, full, full girl mode? Huh? 
like they were woo and like I don't know finger dancing and just being like we're girls we're gonna dance all the time and I don't you know always dance the whole time he likes to watch I like to watch so anyway so I was like it was like late enough like they they only took to the stage at like 1 a.m. right so it was like this is a full after late night after party kind of situation so I was like oh, I'm kind of done but like I know Alex doesn't go out as much as Sarah whatever so I was like yeah whatever let them mm-hmm. let them stay up so I chill out this girl comes sits next to me she's just like messing around on her phone whatever i'm just like on my phone she's like what are you doing on your phone why aren't you like watching the show and i was like i don't know i'm just on my phone now whatever she's like so who are you with and i was like oh okay so this is this so i was like point to the finger being like with my wife yeah and then she like looks at my ring looks at the dance floor and she's like so are you guys like just allowed to fool around with whoever you want (laughs) and i was like whoa (laughs) like no but i was like what a, like, late-night Hail Mary. Like, what's on your phone? I just, I don't know, man, I'm on my phone. Who are you here with? Are you here alone? Nope, here with my wife. Are Still you, in. Are you, are you in an open <laughs> Double relationship? down. <laughs> 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 it's just like you could see, like, gears, like, twirling in her. Like, she's like, oh, okay. And then just, like, she, like, wandered back to the dance floor. I was like, whoa, talk mm-hmm. about, like, just just going for it. <laughs> like, Like, just pointing at the wedding ring, I'm here with my wife. Mm-hmm. And then being like, I have one more play. <laughs> so are you guys allowed to fool around with whatever you want? I was like, wow. Anyways. Fourth and long and we're going to run. <laughs> exactly. Run the ball. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I was just like, whoa, lady. <laughs> like, you are really going for it. Anyway, yeah, it had been a while since I had been hit on that, like, flagrantly. Mm-hmm. And just, I guess props to her for not, you know, for just making the play. <laughs> I got a little dose of that when I was coming back from Toronto. Mm-hmm. I had to take a flight back on Friday, and it's like the, at like four thirty, you know, and it's like the businessman flight. Yeah. And yeah. so there's like Business fifty ladies. guys that are that are fifty and chubby, and then there's me, and then there's one girl sitting next to me. Yep. And she, you know, girl, I'm not saying girl. She was like probably forty two ish around there, so like a little older than me. And then I, I was fucking completely oblivious, and she was just going on like hard at me. She, asking for my number and stuff and yeah. I, was, I just started dating debbie or it was like right when that was happening yeah, yeah. and so i was like i'm not doing this and i told and I, like, I didn't even realize she was hitting on me until like i was just about to get up and i was like jesus christ dude you're so fucking dumb yeah. I, I was like innocent the whole way through it yeah, yeah. yeah no i mean but that was that was the part that kind of threw me as i was like i went i did the the complete like oh this is happening yeah. immediately draw attention to wedding ring and be like this will this will get the hint and then she's like nope just gonna just keep pushing through mm-hmm I mean, anyway. you don't know if you don't ask. Yeah, I, I right. mean, like, that's it. Like, she wasn't, like, and she wasn't even, like, overly dejected or whatever or, like, handsy or nothing. She was, like, pretty respectful, but she was just, like, I guess she was, like, man, it's late. Among like, married couples who would be at Newspeak at 2 o'clock in the morning, crazy. probably it's a, it's, a, it's a safe bet. There's, there's, well, not necessarily yeah. a safe bet, but I think it certainly is, a, like, warrants, safer. warrants the question. Right. Like, you know, you're just sort of right. like, oh, wait, it's, like, 2.30 in the morning and you're at Newspeak on a Friday with your wife maybe right anyway i just thought it was fun great show too sophie uh and tucker put on a good show mm-hmm. they uh did the like i mean obviously not say obviously but if you know the music usually sophie plays uh instruments and stuff and tucker's more the electronic production but since it was a dj set it was just uh sophie was singing while hmm. tucker played and uh yeah she like jumped like if you've ever been to Newspeak, it's like pretty tiny right but yeah. it was like super tight super energetic crowd like she hmm. like was like standing on the dj gear like singing and jumping and like stage dove off crazy and like surfed around and i was like this is a lot of energy 
cocaine. So, <laughs> like, that's kind of how it works. <laughs> exactly. I was just sort of like, but you know, but I mean, you're always kind of like, oh, it's a DJ set, so it might just be some fun dance music. But they like hit it as hard as like they were performing. Right. You know, like I mean, like I've seen like Hot Chip or whatever do a DJ set, and it's good music, but it's still just like Hot Chip sitting there playing bleepy blues. Simeon mo- mobile disco. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They're not necessarily putting on a show. Like the music's good, but yeah, they're just yeah. there with computers and stuff making music. Like these, like they were. Like I said, Sophie was doing like live vocals, backing a lot of the tracks that he was spinning and hmm. stuff, and like dancing and stage diving. So yeah, it was good. Cool. A plus. Nice. Fun times. What have you guys been up to in the nightlife of the city? Yeah, I don't <laughs> think so. <laughs> Pass. You went, John went bowling. I did go bowling. At, oh, and then we got accosted by really, really drunk youths, no, and I was like, oh, nice. that that could have been me years ago. <laughs> I, I remember being this drunk at the forum. <laughs> You went bowling at the forum, yeah. too. It was like the upstairs, like, fancy bowling. Oh, man, but, like, on the way to the upstairs fancy bowling, you know, like, the, the floor below it also has the bar and pool yeah, and yeah, yeah. all kinds of cheapy stuff. So they mm-hmm. got off there, and then we went on to the fancy yeah, bowling. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it was man, fun. Man, I used to – there were so many times – not so many times, but, like, like, enough times that it's embarrassing that I would, like, buy just, like, a bottle of something at – the SAQ and then just like hide around in those like alcoves and just drink in the forum when it was like cold and like winter time because <laughs> it was just like a cheap night like you just like hang out in the forum and just like as long as you kept kind of like circulating around like there's all those different levels it, it was all those kind of a mall right it yeah. is kind of a mall yeah so, exactly that's yeah. it there's all those like but there's just like endless alcoves in the upper levels mm-hmm. that just like lead into anything and just get a little plastic flask and eventually sometimes you get thrown out and as long as you just like don't make a drunken fool of yourself you know what they, they actually have Dawson classes in there now so there's yeah. no way you get thrown out you just have to <laughs> Flash your student badge. <laughs> I'm yeah. here for class. What's that in your pocket? Nothing. <laughs> yeah, thrown out of a mall? God. <laughs> That's it, but it wasn't really. I mean, okay, I'm sorry. At You'd get thrown out of a mall if you're just drinking at 1 o'clock in the morning in Unless the mall. Unless you're in at, like, Lingerie in the Atwater Mall, because then enough. it's okay. Yeah, yeah. I got thrown out of the footboard once. How did you get thrown <laughs> out of the foot? That's like the dirt mall downtown. How do no. you get thrown out of that? Having sex with a girl. Yeah, that'll yeah, do that'll, it. Yeah, that'll, that'll do it. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like there was probably some of that happening in the old Pepsi Forum also. Uh, that was an awkward bust. <laughs> <laughs> That's a nice double entendre there, buddy. Thank you. <laughs> John was the way you're smiling, is this recent? Was this a <laughs> <laughs> And uh, that, everybody, is how Archer was conceived. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, that was a, this was a long time ago. Okay. okay. This was when there was still a movie theater in there. Oh, man, that was the best movie theater. It was so terrible. That was where we all went to go see uh, Star Wars The Phantom Menace. Yeah. Oh, do you, I didn't see it you want, Who rewatched Phantom Menace? Funny, y'all. I did. I rewatched it because Debbie has not seen Star Wars. We did the original trilogy, and now we are starting with the prequels. Nice, you made it past. I, Sarah bailed on, I think we discussed on the show, Sarah bailed on After Empire. Because I was, I was like, if Empire doesn't do Hook anything you. for yeah. you. Don't bother. Like, yeah. there's not going to be a better one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's fine. <laughs> like, no, no, I mean, no. I don't know. She might have, like, Jedi, like, Ewoks and... Sure, she likes yeah. the puppy people. But, I mean, but I feel that the fact that... How would she not adore the Ewoks? She's into yeah. cute shit. Yeah, yeah. No, that's what I'm saying. She absolutely has seen clips of the Ewoks. And it's okay. like, puppy people. And, like, she, she loves that. But... They're not... Pu- equating them to dogs is really awful. They've got culture and society and technology. Okay, but you ask Sarah if dogs have that, and they will say... She will say yes. She is also wrong. 
I know. So <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> she thinks that if, she thinks that if you just leave like a shit too long enough, it'll just make Ewoks. Okay. Anyway, so yeah, episode one, and it was just it's just such a, a like rolling disaster. I don't e- I don't even want to talk about it. It's been covered a thousand ways from <laughs> Sunday on on the online. You know, I was thinking really hard. If I could think of like three things to salvage this film, what would they be? You know, Duel of the Fates. Duel of the Fates. In in both cases, it's a cool song and it's a cool fight. The end. No, no, no. But I mean, like, what, <laughs> if you were going to change things, what would you change to fix it? You know, and I think it's it's I don't even know if the discussion's worth it. Like, it's just there's so many disastrous choices. I don't know. I don't know. I feel that it's would be super easy to fix. Like if you not not say super easy, but I mean, just like streamline a lot of it. You're like cutting the Gungans. Yeah, whatever. Just all of Naboo. I, I Cut actually, all of Naboo. I, I Naboo have, is the bad planet. Here's have her be a princess on Coruscant. If they played it straight, a lot of everything would translate fine. Yeah. Right. Like the Gungans are comedy kinda. Yeah. And if they were like a serious race, and they tr- everybody treated them seriously, they treated themselves seriously. Jar Jar was a serious character. Yeah. He was like a new alien species that hung out, and and like all of that might have made it work. Yeah, because they could Jar Jar could have been like new Chewie or whatever. Right. You know, like just like yeah. an alien character, kind of whatever. If the Trade Federation was also not treated like weird comedy stereotypes. If, yeah. If they were had, like, and if they it, weren't, if they weren't awful racists. Yeah. That exactly. Too. If they had like a real, also kind of the Gungans were. If right? they were a mm. meaningful threat. The, the, the yeah, trade federation. If it, was, if it was much clearer that the trade federation was like doing the bid of the emperor, and you're like, oh, this is like how emperor got his money, yeah. like you know, yeah, like, you know, yeah. like you'd be like, like, he was a crime boss or some shit. Yeah, who had exactly. Jedi powers. Think of how crazy, scary that well, would be. Th- manipulate. He's like manipulating politics and has backdoor like rooms or whatever, and is like a total shadow government, and is just like manipulating these trade deals all over the place. Mm-hmm. And that's what the tra- trade federation is. You'd link it in to be like, oh yeah, that does make sense because how did they get Death Star money like within the next twenty years? Well, that's it. Right off the start, you get. The the Trade Federation getting owned by two Jedis or one Jedi and a Padawan. Yeah. Yeah. And owned start yeah. to finish. They're just like, oh, yeah. This is the other one. If they played those robots straight, right? If the tra- like if the robots were scary ever, yeah. any of the scenes with the Jedi where they were under threat from the robots would have been would have had a fucking. But how would it. you make those robots scary? Battlestar Galactica. I mean, that's just an impossible thing. <laughs> impossible. <to make> <laughs> scary <laughs> robots. Terminator. Yeah. Like, just, it can't be happening. Watch the future scenes in Terminator and just make those your droids. And you're yeah. like, oh crap. Sorry, Scott. I jumped <laughs> on you. There. No, like, you just can't make. Like, he made creative decisions to make everything dumb. Yeah. D- dumb. Yeah. Anakin. Dumb. I, Dumb. Why would you start with a child? Is, what does that Dumb. ever do to the story to make it better? Mm-hmm. Getting him as a kid. He could have picked him up as a fucking Padawan and it would have been... That's what we want to see. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pod racing. Look dumb. Yeah. The the guy that owned Anakin. So dumb. dumb. Watto. Yeah. Watto. Yeah. Dumb. Watto. Jar Jar. Dumb. The Trade Federation bosses. Dumb. Like All of yeah. it was dumb. It was fucking... dumbed down like a Saturday morning cartoon. Yeah. And some Saturday morning cartoons have have merit, but they don't cost you know a quarter of a billion dollars really, to make. that's exactly it george's tone for the film was aimed at the seven-year-olds right and yeah. and it was that was like the exact opposite direction to take it when the seven-year-olds are now grown up and they want something you know yeah yeah yeah. yeah. and you can walk a fine line you can not make a freaking dark disturbing well, star wars I mean, which, sure. which the mcu has been doing for all their films basically is they're like kids movies with a little enough Roughness to still be watchable as an adult. Like yeah. they, they well, just characters that make sense. You just have to write characters that make sense that act the way they would 
act and react to the situation they're in normally. Yep. Anyway, I feel we'd be remiss if we didn't put this stupid movie on the list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> the only reason I'm doing it. But I don't want to talk about this too long. Did, you, uh, did we talk about Thor last time? Thor Ragnarok? Thor Ragnarok. We did not. Do you want to talk about that? Did you guys see Thor Ragnarok? I did not. But Thor! I, you saw Thor? I did. Well, do we want to Phantom Menace the list? Oh, yeah. Let's do that. We can just do that. Put it right so, on the list. way low, Yeah, I believe. Right. I, th- you know, the worst part is that, you know, a lot of the, the sword fighting was enjoyable the first time I saw it. The fucking, some of the special effects, they looked fucking great the first time I saw it. The, the, none of that has aged well. It all looks fucking like Duel of the Fates it looks bad? It's Duel of the Fates looks bad. Oh, I, I actually prefer the sword fighting in um, the episode seven to well, yeah. the, the Duel of the Fates. Like, it's back to the, like, the, the, like, fights that actually mean something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So where well, are we going? I mean, like, rubber. Uh, down. Uh, I would say below Ghost in the Shell. Definitely. X-Men Apocalypse. Ooh. Oh, wow. Because that was fucking such a piece of shit. Crush Groove. Warm Bodies. Is that above X-Men Apocalypse? Warm Bodies is below X-Men Apocalypse, man. That's not fair to Warm Bodies. Whatever, man. I didn't watch Warm Bodies. This is Scott. He said it's better. Because he was riding high on the fact that it was better than Batman v Superman. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Hellboy? Below. Uh, Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger Tides. Hello. Oh, oh man, hold on. We're on getting into, we're getting on Stranger, Stranger Tides, Tides. Was fucking disastrous. Yeah, yeah. It's, you were the one who just watched on Stranger Tides. Yeah. Below. Oh, wait, Batman v Superman. Batman v Superman. It's not. It's not going below Batman v it's Superman. It's very. It's very comparable to that. Yeah. In taking things that you understand so, and like and, and, and abso- shitting them. Absolutely. So now we're now up. we're in Underworld Blood Wars territory. <clears throat> Did not see Blood Wars. Oh, it's better than Blood Wars. I so, would, so I would watch Phantom Menace over Blood Wars. So you're making the call, John, I guess, on Stranger Tides. Okay, I could put it above Stranger Tides because it was... So imp- above yeah. Ninja Turtles. Out of the Shadows. Out of shadows. Team and T2 was watchable, says Scott, where I feel that Phantom Menace <laughs> is almost not anymore. Oh, oh man, the art of the steel know. was so terrible. <laughs> but was it still better than Star Wars Episode One? Yeah, I think so. Really? Hmm. Mordecai. Look, <clears throat> if I keep going up, the only one that I get to is Hellboy, and I still uh, Hellboy was definitely better than. Maybe Paranormal Activity that goes to mentions. More Paranormal Activity, more dimensions. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would I would push for Phantom Menace to be a little bit higher. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. Uh, like, just based on your quote on Twitter, I would say two, I would say watchable. A, I, yeah, I, I never want to watch I, Phantom Menace. I would never wa- have watched that. I, you can't even sit through ten minutes of it if there's not if you're not like excited to show it to somebody new or or there's no reason, you know. Maybe you're drunk. <laughs> oh, and, I feel and like hard. the action sequences that tie together at the end is a good twenty minutes of movie. Like okay. the, the, when was last the time space you saw fight? It, the space fight uh, with uh, Anakin derping around in his space fighter cuts to the gunfight where Padme is trying to take back the throne room. Cuts to Duel of the Fates, and they they cut back and forth, and there's a there's an amount of tension there. Okay, yeah, but but, but anything, then but Jedi does that better. Jedi does that better, and so, Jedi is way above this <laughs> yeah. movie. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So you're like, oh, so George Lucas did that one trick that he's done in all of his movies. Where's John Wick two again? <laughs> okay, but just because they're doing the same thing doesn't mean yeah. But that no, but it's I'm not what I'm bad. saying. So he did the same trick that he did in all three films, and then shat on everything else, and then showed like slight mastery over a thing that he's done but in every. He undercut Where? himself every step of the way because two of the three had no teeth to them, right? The Jake yeah. Lloyd in a fucking plane thing. You have no threat. You don't even care. It's so preposterous. Yeah. Even in the context of a Star Wars film, that you just don't give oh, a no. shit. I'm not. Oh no! Yippee! I'm fucking. 
fucking shooting down the gigantic robot trade federation thing single-handedly. We're, anyway. I'm looking at a spot that's still like eight to ten spots below Crush Groove. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> let's keep things in perspective. <laughs> yeah, let's let's put mm. the fat boys on the screen somewhere. <laughs> have, have you shown them eating? Oh, I think they love to eat. eat. Uh, okay. Okay. So I'm, I'm thinking, I like Mordecai. I would say my, my pick would be under Mordecai, above Pitch Perfect 2. Okay. Well, I haven't seen either of those, but this is territory that I'm comfortable with. So Fine. Pitch Lock per- it in. Yeah. Taika Watiti. Yeah, buddy. Thanks for uh, what we do in the shadows for, I guess, m- possibly more critically acclaimed Hunt for the Wilder People. Yeah. Uh, friends with Brett and Jermaine, Flight of the Concords. Yeah. Did some Flight of the Concords stuff. Now, made a Thor movie. Who who thought that the, that putting this man in charge of a Thor movie would be a good idea? I mean, anybody who thought that putting James Gunn in charge of a uh, really fucking inspired person. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You. People who are like, oh man, these people. <laughs> like, just because people don't necessarily work with budgets, these people are super good and creative and cool. Yeah, I haven't I haven't seen Thor Ragnarok, but I I do like the idea of them saying, "Who could Jeff Goldblum play?" <laughs> and then making that happen. Yeah. Because that's a thing that's important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. P- getting Jeff Goldblum into the MCU is <laughs> very super important. Uh, so this is the Planet Hulk story, right? This is the Planet Hulk story with so, yeah. Thor injected into it. Exactly. So Thor is kind of a bummer. And Hella, huh? And Hella, yeah. Hella. She's actually very well played. Like she's over the top and scary, and and like when I heard that Hella was man. when I heard Hella was going to be in the movie, yeah, I was Hella like, excited. I was like, how are they going to make her look like? She is a weird looking character in the comics. Hmm? And then she I saw the trailer. I saw the trailer, and I was like, "She's a weird-looking character, but it doesn't look ridiculous." So Kate Blanchett dials it up to eleven in her delivery of like fucking everything. But then, when she... you say up to eleven, do you mean Jeremy Irons in Dungeons and Dragons eleven? Huh? No, like somewhere below Winona Ryder in Stranger Things. Okay, <laughs> so just well, just below Thor. <laughs> um... Thor. <laughs> oh my baby boy, my but... baby boy Thor. Yeah. So, but the, I know but his breathing. She's she's so delightfully over the top. She's like one one element of a constellation rainbow that's over the top in this film. Like everything is fucking dialed up to eleven, and it's so much fun. Like everybody's that's, having fun. I like that because that's very Asgardian. It totally because in is. the in all the other movies, Loki's cranked up, Odin's cranked up, Thor is always cranked up. Well, yeah. these guys are into high drama, and it like it like works. Bruce Banner is is like. His uh, why am I forgetting his name? Mark Ruffalo. Mark, Mark Ruffalo does an excellent job. He's like stuck as as the Hulk. He runs into him. They smash each other. It's hilarious. It's fun. This is a great movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably the tops of the MCU. Like it's up there along with the the first Guardians of the Galaxy. Just mm-hmm. being like surprisingly good fun. Every character is characterized well. Like Thor is a total dickwad, and then he, and then he like learns a lesson about being being whatever. Like it's <laughs> being a person. Yeah, it's so corny, but it's so fun and and lighthearted and fast. I don't know. Does it happen at the same time as Civil War? Is that why really... Thor and Hulk aren't around in Civil War? Um, they were down in Australia. That actually <laughs> would make a lot of sense <clears throat> if that's where it plugged in, but I hadn't like watched the other ones soon enough to like connect it exactly. I'm sure they gave enough clues. It's kind of weird. There's like a 20-minute sequence at the start that's all Asgard stuff running around, learning about that background. And so when you realize that you're not going back there for the rest of the movie, you're going to do this Planet Hulk side quest. Yeah. You're, you're like, whoa, they're starting a whole new thing now. And you feel like it's going to feel super long, but it doesn't at all. It, it It's wonderful. Yeah, it's, and, that's probably, and, that Asgard stuff is also probably like MCU housekeeping. I feel that they're probably like, yeah. they, they probably have like 
a lot of a bigger checklist to hit on these movies as they build towards Infinity now. Like, well, a lot of the Infinity gems had been dumped into Asgard, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh. So, I I, I don't know. Is this a spoiler? Who's who's gonna give a shit? Infinity gems. Give a shit. No, they don't do it. Or at least if they did anything with the Infinity gems, I didn't get it. But multiple people walk past the gauntlet that's in the basement, and um, either Loki, one of them looks at it and goes, "That's a fake," and like keeps going. Yeah. So, So it's like. It's like set up that that's but, not really. The but thing. the the cube was in Asgard. Loki right? steals the cube. That's <clears throat> for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the cask is also in Asgard. Uh, the cask gets popped. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Neat. Um. And what else do I have? Does Joel, Jeff Goldblum. So Jeff Goldblum does. Uh, it's like fan service, basically. You know. So he does. Uh, he he like over. Well, he's playing the Grandmaster. Yeah. Right. If Which, you guys know Avengers comics, is a yeah. is a big character. Huh. But it's also over the top, like insanity. Like. Yeah, he's done some of the craziest stories yeah. of all time. He's always gambling with death and well, killing people. So and... It's definitely Goldblum hamming up the Goldblum, and that's okay, you know. But it does it no. Does... Jeff Goldblum is a treasure, and more Jeff Goldblum playing Jeff Goldblum in fancy makeup now, is fun. Well, you will not be disappointed because his makeup is very fancy. Now, <laughs> what we want to awesome. do is we want a special director's cut of Thor Ragnarok where Jeff Goldblum has all of his dialogue slowed down 25%. <laughs> <laughs> so he not only sounds ridiculous, Jeff Goldblum, he also sounds wasted. <laughs> Have you seen those commercials? Those, those mm-hmm. Apple commercials? <laughs> What's the greatest gift you can get for Christmas? Internet? I'd say Internet. <laughs> I thought you were going to say uh, the special edition of Thor where Jeff Goldblum plays Thor. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, yes, I desperately want that. Uh, I realized that you guys mentioned Winona Ryder, <clears throat> and I don't think we have all seen Stranger Things. Really? We didn't at least talk about it. Are you up? Are you finished? Yeah, I'm finished. We're all finished, Stranger Things. Let's get into that. Hang on, let's put Thor on the list. We're going to list Thor. Thor, Guardians 2, you said above. I would even say above, like around the first Guardians of the Galaxy, man. Maybe just a little Guardians ranked? It might not be. What's our top Marvel movie? Because... Currently, the top-ranked Marvel Spider-Man? It's probably Spider-Man. Is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, Logan, and Deadpool are all kind of in that locked-up area. What? Didn't we put Homecoming up there? I guess not. No, you know what? Because John is crazy behind on updating. I am. I'm two episodes behind. Three when we include this one. So, um... I I kind of... The way you're talking about it, I... The the one thing is that this is not gonna... It doesn't, like, super advance anybody's characterization. It's not a serious story. It's just stuff for fun. Does that diminish it? That's what I'm... Like, just the way you're talking about it... Well, Guardians and Logan are both at 22 and 23 right now. And they... But but in... And just above Deadpool. It's like a little cluster. Yeah, but also when I see John Wick Chapter 2... Yeah. Thor Ragnarok kind of seems like John Wick Chapter 2 of the MCU. Mm -hmm. I'm just sort of like, you did it! It was cool! It was a lot of fun! Yeah, I I, I probably wouldn't put it uh, below Logan... Yeah. But then I will admit that I did not finish Logan, and I really have not enjoyed yeah. it at but all. There, yeah, yeah, but you get into really good movies above there. Like you get to like Hook and Resolution and yeah. Get Out and stuff. Like you start to T2. like get huh T two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, it gets it's it's a stiff climb up past John Wick yeah. if you do go. Well, I higher. I would put it uh, just above Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. Mm-hmm. Um, but no but I would also be talked down if you guys have a super big problem with that because I feel like Guardians had some big flaws in that movie. Yeah, in the second one. I I had yeah, this. I would, I would, like I said, I mean the way the way it sounds, I would like I said, I would agree that it could be better than Guardians of Volume Two. That's where like it slots a, in, right underneath John Wick Chapter Two, yep. right above Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. We oh, did it, everybody. Stranger Things. Yeah. Part two. Part two. So Season two. Let's just fucking dive right in. How about the episode everybody was supposed to hate? Episode you guys all hate it. Seven. Episode didn't hate seven. It. Didn't I didn't. It? I didn't hate it. I uh, had no issue with. I found it was a little a little jarring. It I would have heard the episode before it. 
and that episode. Oh yeah, we're gonna together. spoil Stranger Things season. Two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. But I mean, it's been out for like a month now. Everybody yeah. should have watched this. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I guess so. The episode that everybody freaked out about is episode seven, the other sister, um, yeah. where we get to meet eight, who is the character that we saw for five seconds at the beginning of yep. the season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. She also has telecon no telepathic power. She's not a telepathic. Yeah, she makes illusions she, basically. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. She can make your brain think that things are there when they're not there. Uh, and yeah, we get to hang out with her and her 80s punk crew in Chicago for an episode. My biggest issue with the episode... Is if you hadn't seen the, read The Invisibles, you'd not really get half the references of what they're well, trying to do there. Yeah, or my, my, my go-to... I was like, I, I got into an argument, or, or discussion, rather, uh, on Facebook. I was just sort of like, unless you have like a really strong connection with like 80s, like punk, like stereotypes. And I was like, and, and I am a person whose online handle is Trash and Suicide, so named for characters in Return of the Living Dead. Right. Like, I was on board for a lot of it, but those characters I did not care about. I would have thought at all. So we just, like, show up with these new characters, a bunch of, like, stereotypical 80s punks in Chicago. Eleven hangs out with them, becomes emo, and then heads back to Hawkins. That's the episode. That's right. And then she realized, she's like, I do want murder vengeance, but then she's like, no, I don't want murder vengeance. I don't know. I just here's my my entire beef with it was that it was an entire episode. It could have like that whole episode's worth of thing could have taken place cut into two or three episodes, like with well, eleven so eleven side quest. The conspiracy theory is that they're trying to do a spin-off yeah, back TV to a show. Yeah, 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 so it's a backdoor pilot. You know, I and um. But then I would have been okay with that if I had had maybe a lot more time with those characters to care about them because I don't know any of their names. And I don't remember any of them. I thought they, them they were endearing. all such ludicrous stereotypes for craziness. I, like I, I they were cardboard believe. cutouts. Yeah, they're cardboard cutouts. Why would you care about any of them? Yeah. How could you? Because they had great makeup and costuming. Yeah, that, that's what they were standing up on. Was that it? And then the, the like corny, hammed up lead character with with who's like too cool for school with her psychic power. Fuck off. It was so tedious. Yeah. Tedious. But that's, but that's it. Yeah. If they had taken a little more time with those characters and spread that arc over two, three episodes, yeah. and like, then I cared about them. Then when things went south on their little mission, I would have been like, oh, crap, there's a kid. You know, like yep. that would have like, I would have cared a little bit more. You, and you can't get emotionally invested in caricatures. Yeah. And, and, and in addition to that, episode six puts like numerous of our beloved characters right in danger completely in mortal danger and then they're like enough about them let's look to chicago <laughs> and you're like why <laughs> like, for a whole yeah, bunch the, of people you don't give a shit about the, the only other way you could have made that better is going the other direction and just made it more about 11 yeah, like, yeah. hey there's some strangers don't care like what is 11 happen what's like what's going through her head why is she yeah, doing exactly. this less time like, for them and more time with 11 might and be it would have and like really push, push that that isolation on her, like she feels swept up in it. She's 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 lost. She lost her mom. She doesn't know what's going on. Yeah. So can we talk about a thing that happened to me when I was playing the Stranger Things mobile game? I mean, I, I guess. guess. Did we talk about that already? No, we didn't because I didn't actually tell you what happened. And it was something that happens in the video game. Okay. Was it is Eleven this... being in the this uh, the cabin? No. I well, that's that that's that's kind of. That, that, they work around that because okay. like, the only other thing is if you drop eight egos in the lockbox, you can get 11 as an unlockable character. Okay. But that doesn't spoil anything for season two. Okay. Right? So what happens is, is when you get Max as an unlocked character, mm-hmm. she has a psychic blast. What okay. the what? Huh. Speaking of, speaking of right? Max, did you hear that the actress has been getting yeah, she's insane the worst. amount she's the, of flack? People Why? are the worst. People are like, are you're not the worst. part of the team. You're not part of the crew. You're never replaced 11 on the team. And I'm like... 
You actress. suck. You don't belong. And like, she's like a twelve-year-old yeah, actress. She, and so people crazy. on the internet are the absolute worst. But That's it, awful. She, she is like exactly Poochie, right? Like exactly <laughs> Poochie with the skateboard and the red hair. I, and, okay, no, I and like, she's from California, and she. The thing is, about the show, though, that I totally don't mind her inclusion is the show basically trades on like misremembered '80s nostalgia, totally. and there really is no character at least in the first season that trades on like what being a like outcast girl was like in the 80s like 11 is not a relatable character for girls for sure for whatsoever sure, for like sure. no one looks back and be like, oh yeah i do remember okay, my childhood at the medical experiment center <laughs> i know? killed some people by not but neither is poochie <clears throat> right i don't know i feel that there's plenty i of like people. max i thought max was I, a fine character i grew to like her at the start i really did not because i thought that she came in with like okay she's an amazing skateboarder she's better than them at the video game like she just like got all these mary sue Mm-hmm. Free passes, kind of. Oh. I don't know, but anyway, I liked her at the end. Um, right. I'm totally on board with her being. Part but of real team. though, man. I'm also I'm also totally glad that they didn't like Ali Sheedy her. Ali what do you mean? Sheedy. Give her powers? No, like made her pretty and cool no, at the yeah. end. She's yeah. just like fuck off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like got like a the like, princess makeover. Yeah, exactly. Like like stuff. Eleven yeah. got more of a princess makeover yeah. than than Max did at the school yeah. dance, right? But yeah, no, but yeah, Psychic Blast for Max in the game. And I'm like, what the Okay, what? but that never comes out in the show. So. It never comes out in the show. Maybe it will. But I mean, but at the same time, we also have no idea why they had to like flee from California because something happened. But like, right. the, the line that her older brother is like, it's your fault that we had to move. Huh. Right? Neato. So I don't know. But I was like, it's super weird that that was in the video game. Like it, when everything <laughs> else in the game was like, you know? So speaking about uh, Billy. <clears throat> Billy. Billy is Un- the greatest. He's the greatest. <laughs> He's a bomb. He's a perfect villain. Yeah. yeah. Uh, un- little known fact about this, a thing I read that was super awesome. Um, Mike, mom in the bathtub reading the romance novel. Right. Mm-hmm. Is a real romance novel. Okay. Not a real cover for the romance novel. Okay. That novel has never been published with that cover. That cover was specially made, painted, and printed for Stranger Things. So the Fabio character on the cover would look more like Billy. Like more like Billy. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, yeah, yeah, racist Billy. Like, and I love the fact that there seems to be no reason for him to dislike Lucas except for racism. He, he's just like relentlessly over the top shitty in every possible manner, all the yeah. time, smoking and pumping weights. That was the loud <laughs> <laughs> music, smoking a cigarette, and like takes a swig of a beer, then lifts weights. I mean, I know you talked about like just like characters of characters. And Everyone is like all the ter- all the secondary characters. Their their like exaggerationness is dialed up, and I, I didn't like it at all. I don't know. I mean, but like, but Billy, I'm like, man, I not to say I empathize because he's an asshole, but like, imagine you're this like he is a caricature though. But you're like a baseball dick swinging asshole from California, made to live in now the smallest town of America. Like his like rage and assholedom is like to, in my mind like fully justified. This kid is just like gonna be acting out constantly like he went from yeah but he's just a turbo dick to everybody all the time yeah what okay he's okay. not a turbo dick to mike's mom yeah that's right Touche. he was, he was sweet as pie to her sweet exactly mm-hmm. that, that, but i'm just saying like like this is like of anybody who would ever have like the justification of being like a turbo okay. dick like, how about dustin's mom She's hey, not hey, a character just makes hey, dumb teach, jokes teach had said that dustin's dustin's mom is like his mom dialed down a notch <laughs> <laughs> So, I mean, I don't know. I feel that you come from, like, a family of, like, well-rounded people, whereas I come from, uh, uh, I go to Italian lunches uh-huh. on the regular. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, my, 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 like, oh, people are up at 11 all the time meter is mm. maybe 
kept recalibrated. I feel that you come from a much more measured, quiet group of people. Maybe that's possible. <laughs> like, uh, can we talk about the the real hero of the series? Steve. Steve Harrington. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I loved I loved Steve towards the end of season one, and the fact that this season just ran with Steve being the best. <laughs> I think one hundred percent the best. Yeah. When I imagine redemption stories, I I used to look at Jamie Lannister as being my top, and now it's and totally it's Steve. Steve. <laughs> Steve is the greatest redemption story of the modern era. Uh, if they're talking about spin-off TV series, yep. uh, forget eight and her Steve, crew. Stephen Dustin. Dustin. Yeah, totally. Did you hear uh, Stephen Dustin do America? Good God, <laughs> I would watch that movie. No, 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 no. But it's just like that kind of like a like an like, X Files situation where it's like Monster of the Week, Stephen Dustin on the road, like solving little oh, like, like supernatural, but yeah, instead yeah. of solving Sam and solving Dean. like little pop ups of the underground of the uh, the upside down, like oh, wherever yeah. it goes, they're just sort yeah. of like, oh, got weird things up here. Let's roll. So, <laughs> <laughs> never do that, Steve. Uh, they weren't, and them teaming up as a duo wasn't actually something that was part of the initial pitch of season hmm. two. The the Duffers were saying that they were like the the majority of the pitch was really about uh, Will and Eleven story arc. Whenever, like, obviously, when they pitch it to Netflix, they're not like getting into the minutiae of all the characters, and they were mm. like, Steve and Dustin were not part of the pitch whatsoever. And then they were like, well, probably the best scene of the, of the season. It's just so heartfelt and fun and, yeah. and super good. Do, but that's it. Do but you still have your bat? What? Yeah. The bat with all the nails in it. It's right there. <laughs> it's in <his> mouth. <laughs> yeah. Totally an ash moment. Yeah. <laughs> like, like whips out his nail bat. Yeah, exactly. I mean, where do you keep your nail bat after you have a nail bat? Yeah, the trunk you're right in the trunk. That's fair. But yeah, no, exactly. But they were just sort of like, they're like, as they were writing, they realized that those two characters ended up kind of being singled out from their like respective parties. Like Jonathan and Nancy are kind of off with the conspiracy dude. Yeah. Uh, Will and Mike are off with their thing. He's another good example. Over the top. Ooh, too much. Oh, the conspiracy, conspiracy yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was a little too much. Yeah. I was. He was one. He was one character where I kind of do agree with you on that. Yeah. But yeah. So they were like, they were like, they were kind of like leftovers, and then they were like, as they sort of realized that they weren't fitting in, they were like, oh, we could team them up, and they were like, we already knew how they spoke and how the characters were. As soon as we were like, oh, we could put them together, they were like, yes. yes. <laughs> they were like, they were like, the dialogue just started like writing itself. Amazing. Like we're like these two characters being together is just the best thing ever, and it. <laughs> And it was the best yeah. thing ever. Yep. So good. Was it the two pumps of the Farrah Fawcett <laughs> like yeah. volumizing hairspray? Uh, okay. I, yeah, I mean, I overall... Steve, Steve getting shit on the whole show and still coming out great. Yep. Yeah. He like looked at his problems, looked at the problems of the city... I was like, my shit is not that big a deal. I'm fine. I, but yeah. I, I also love that he's just sort of like, like, Nancy's like, we have to do something. And he's like, yeah, well, no, we don't. Like, it's the <laughs> FBI and the CIA and the Army. Kill us all. And all that stuff. Like, yeah. They will to... kill them. <laughs> yeah, he's like, let's just try to be normal. Like, them going and getting the KFC with Barb's parents, I was like, oh, man. <laughs> I was like, mm-hmm. they're just trying, yeah. like, Steve was just, like, trying so hard to be a genuine good dude. And Nancy's like, no, I love Jonathan. <laughs> Bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, Bullshit. Yeah. yeah, they really. Even him, even that, just being like, my heart is broken. Oh, Jonathan, can you take care of her? You're a friend. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Poor Steve. <laughs> and not right. being, never being a douche <clears throat> about it. Being like, okay. But he, he still knows. Like, yeah, deep down. Oh, yeah. I'm Steve Harrington. So he's okay. <laughs> like, that's what I took it. He was just like, well, I guess that's over. But I'm Steve Harrington. Yeah. Not only am I the coolest guy in school, I'm not a giant douchebag like Billy is. Yeah. Uh, 
Also, I hit a Demogorgon in the face with a baseball bat one time. It, it, like, nothing's really going to... Yeah. He, like, he, like, takes a he, bunch of swings yeah. at them this time, too. Nothing's really going to fuck me up. <laughs> you know, I'm, when there's I'm pretty confident when the, when, when in the, the world. The Demodog... Dorgan, the, the what are they? What Demodogs. is Demodogs? Demodogs. When the yeah. Demodogs are surrounding them, and they all have their guns, and then Steve just like spins his bat in his hand, <laughs> and you're like, yay! Yeah. He uh, also brings a rope when he drops down into the yeah, tunnels. Yeah. For, he's like, why does why doesn't anybody else bring a rope? <laughs> Fucking Steve. Uh, the, uh, also, my one of my favorite scenes, I think, is the episode eight or nine or whatever, mm-hmm. where, where they're just like where they're going through the like the items of the monster manual, where they're like, it's like a mind flare, and they're like, so how do you kill it? And he's like, Army of the Undead. Uh, Army of the Dead Dead. It's just a book. It's just a game. I'm so sorry. This is, just, this is dumb. I'm sorry. I wasted everyone's time. <laughs> Justin's the best. Uh, yeah. Uh, I thought it was a, a not say a perfect season two, but I mean for the expectations. I mean like the fact that it met expectations That's was what like I was it was say. like a an accomplishment on oh itself. My God. The, the expectations were sky high, and I they didn't. I don't know if they 100 percent met them, but they didn't fuck it up. Yeah. which which is like it says something. A like, lot of people. Can, can we talk about something that heroes they, couldn't even they swerved know, do one season? Yep, there's something that they swerved us talking about a movie that looks back at the 80s or a show that looks back at the 80s mm-hmm. and you put Paul Reiser in a position yeah. of authority. Oh, yeah. What yeah, a yeah, good yeah. twist. And then you're like, and he turns out okay. He's all right. Yeah, <laughs> he's yeah, yeah, perfect. yeah. He's, he's an okay dude in a bad situation. Yeah, well, we, talk, we talked about that on the thing. Like, it's like fantasy casting at its absolute best. You just like, you have all of these preconceptions because of the actor in the role. Like, <laughs> not because anything the character's done. Because of the actor. Just put him kind of a sketchy, like, company man scientist. And, and you're Rudy like, oh, takes no. it for the team. And Rudy takes it for the team. I was, like, <laughs> you know? I was like, put him in the game, coach. Put him in the game. And he's like, I'm going to go down and, like, do the thing. I was just like, yeah, I yelled Rudy at the screen yeah. a lot. Yeah. And even poor Rudy. <laughs> he was like he gave the kid great advice in any situation other than in, you know an actual uh, giant mind yeah. flare. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know if it is a mind flare. I think it's an abolith. An abolith? Well, yeah. it could be an elder brain too, right? Well, abolith actually have the specific power of spitting mucus on somebody's face to oh. take over their mind. Yeah, and that's oh, that, that's another like big the, problem. Like in right? Jurassic Park. Yes, yes, mm. like in Jurassic Park. But I was going to say that's Blind. another another big I guess issue for season three. Is mm-hmm. the fact that both uh, Dustin and Steve ate goo in the tunnels? Yep, and Hopper. And Hopper? Oh no, then maybe just Dustin and Hopper. Hopper got sprayed right in the face yeah, and yeah, dropped. Yeah, not Steve. Yeah. Dustin and yeah, Dustin and Hopper. Yeah. Not Steve, I don't think. No, Steve was masked up. Yeah, yeah. Also, there are amazing swim goggles coming out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Things the kids thought of that Hopper didn't. <laughs> a plus. So they redid the like wall thing with the tunnels inside the house. Yeah, right. It seems a little gimmicky. I still liked it. I thought it was fun. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I I also just like the fact don't that don't let house Joyce decorate your house. Time. Yeah, yeah. I didn't like the fact that like they just trash that house constantly, and Joyce gives no cares nope. in the world. Gonna knock a hole through yeah. the wall. <laughs> Bang. Yeah, the tunnel thing was kind of fun, and it also gave Rudy his uh, his time to shine with the like figuring out that it was a map. Yep. Like, his Goonies moment. Yeah. What's it? X pirate treasure. Pirate treasure. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. The only way it could have been better is if he was the one giving the candy bar to the monsters. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. magical. Chocolate. Yeah. A plus, strange things. I look forward to see. And I mean, and I, I also did a lot more. I think uh, like groundwork laying for season three than season one did to season two. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a yeah. lot of stuff going yeah. on in season three. I feel like we. Like we still. Oh. And just to wrap it up. I'm so happy they gave them just a good 10, 15 minutes there at the end to like. Everyone's okay, guys. Mm-hmm. It made me so happy. Like, well, someone I feel like after two seasons of everything being awful, I really needed that. 
Yeah, just a, a little reprieve. Well, the be- and people are just talking. Also, they were like Nancy's first interaction with Dustin in the show is slamming a door in his face, and then they're dancing. Oh, yeah. and they're dancing at the high school dance like a year later, and she's like, "You're always my favorite." Because like Nancy also was a massive bitch at the beginning totally, of season totally. one because she was like, "Let's hang out with the cool kids and whatever." Yeah, it was a plus. Good, yep. keep it up, Duffers awesome. and Netflix. Uh, Scott, you watched a bunch of movies. I watched a bunch of movies. Which ones are the most important? Um, I watched Cast a Deadly Spell. Cast which, a Deadly Spell. I mean, everyone kind of should watch. I feel like it's one of those movies that was sitting in the middle shelf of Blockbuster for years, and then a couple of people remembered it, like Shazam. I have literally no idea what this film is. Right? It's a kind of film noir, like murder mystery movie, like a hard-boiled detective, except in a Cthulhu well, Lovecraftian cor- version of Los wrong. Angeles. Huh. But Fred Ward stars as a private detective whose name is H. Philip Lovecraft, right? That's not even subtle. Harry, Harry Lovecraft. Yeah, his, his name is H.P. Lovecraft. It's it's not subtle. And uh, the, the big monster at the end is a big elder god thing mm-hmm. that comes yeah, down yeah. to try Everyone to destroy the world. Everyone uses magic all the time except for him. Except for him. So, right. like, magic has been discovered at some point after World War II, and everyone uses it little cantrips or Weird. puts little spells. And he's just like, um, no, and I... Don't want anyone to have a mortgage on my soul. I think I'm just going to be a normal guy. Detective. <laughs> and he gets hired to look for the Necronomicon that's been stolen from some rich guy's house. And um, there's murder and insane. It's really fucking campy. It's very campy. Yeah. But it's also Wait, really. It's a 1991 film set in 1948. So, I mean, I think that's all we made know for... in terms of campiness. <laughs> made for HBO. And it's got kind of like a, a Jim Henson feel to some of it. Yeah. But, but it was, it was also kind of it was like, just it was just great. Like I was just like as campy as it sounded, it also seems like it has like a lot of the makings of kind of a cult classic. Hmm. You know, like well, it was directed by Martin Campbell, who also directed GoldenEye, Casino Royale, and The Mask of Zorro. So like he knows. Wow. Yeah. Like if you didn't drama. keep going on that list and mention that he mentioned oh, and, 2011's Green Lantern and Green Lantern. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, yeah, nothing. I mean, it was all downhill from Cast a Deadly Spell. I, I like Ryan Reynolds. He makes a lot of good movies. Doesn't. Didn't save Green Lantern, though. I don't think anyone could save Green Lantern. No. So, but so, GoldenEye and Casino Royale, those are two very good yeah. bomb movies. Um, yeah, it's a little more campy than 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 Cthulhu. Mm-hmm. But it deals with those themes and those ideas of like... You know, I feel like this would probably is just like a case of it coming Also, out Clancy Brown time. plays a freaking mob boss, so if th- that doesn't sell you on it, I Who don't does? know what will. Clancy Brown? Mm, I like Clancy Brown. Yeah. But yeah, I feel this was probably made in the wrong era, even. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think that there was, like, that, like, H.P. Lovecraft, like, cultural hard-on in 1991. Well, then the that's the time to watch it and make it a cult classic, like, if it's ahead of its time. Well, it yeah. was, and again, yeah. it was made for HBO, so it didn't get a theatrical release. Yeah. And it only really found a slice of life through, like, VHS. HBO releasing stuff through VHS and yeah. it, getting that one copy that gets worn thin. But yeah, but if, the, if this had been, like, kind of, like, early 2000s, I feel it probably would have... Yeah, totally. But it would have like locked in a little harder into the. Yeah. That's super weird. That I mean, that it's good. <laughs> like you know, like like that. You know what I mean? It's like I, like you're like oh, there's like neo, not neo noir. Like, I guess like noir, noir magic, H.P. <clears throat> Lovecraft thing. Dark yeah. City. Remember Dark City? Yeah, Dark City it, was super fun. Yeah, yeah Dark City was what ninety six, ninety seven, yeah, a few years right later. There. Yeah, Dark it City could have, it could have used a little more black and a little bit less puppets, but what. Uh, cast a deadly spell. Okay. There's, there's like a gargoyle. I was like, I was like a little more black. I was like, man, did you see Dark City? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, so yeah, so you want to rank uh, cast yeah, a deadly yeah. spell? That sounds fun. Yeah. Um, it's fun. 
You know, I'm looking at like Mordecai. A Rogue One. Let me see where I'm at. Wonder oh. Woman. I'm looking at like a, a Triple X, Return of Xander Cage, mm-hmm. Descent, New Ghostbusters area. Okay. New Ghostbusters was an atrocity. New, Not an atrocity. New, mm. It was funny. It just. It was just like a. It was like an airplane comedy. It wasn't, no, wasn't great. Um, Ghostbusters is one of those ones that needs to be re-ranked anyways. Yeah. I would say just above Triple X to return of Xander Cage. I think that's a good mm-hmm. spot for it. And just under Creep. Man, Martin Campbell just, you know. Creep was pretty knocked, good. Knocked down Mask of Zorro. He did. <laughs> <laughs> if I had to watch one of those, again, it's definitely Cast a Deadly Spell. It's better than Mask of Zorro. Wow. Okay. Like, so it's just good. more yeah. fun, a, a more interesting plot. Like, there's some twists and turns. and Awesome. Yeah. Uh, do you want to talk about the movies that you saw, or do we want to talk about the movie that we all saw? Well, let's talk about the movie we all saw. Then. Yeah. So we, on Netflix, there is a documentary, 2009's Cropsy. Now, this is a feel that we need to talk about, because it's going to be like a big old discussion. I, uh, <clears throat> I don't know when I heard about this movie. I heard about this movie a while ago. Probably I talked about it, because I watched it four like, years ago or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We got some divided Was it maybe at, was it maybe at Fantasia or something? Maybe? I don't know. I don't think we saw it at Fantasia. No, I, I think know, it just it popped up on Netflix. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, getting ready for the Halloween times, yeah. I was like looking for some spooky documentaries, and Cropsy came up on like a couple list of like spooky true crime documentaries. Uh, it's available on Netflix. Yep. So anyone who's <clears> listening <throat> can watch it. It is the story of Andre Rand, mm-hmm. who is a presumed convicted convicted on true solely crime. eyewitness testimony, so no real hard evidence of children kidnapping and maybe murdering who is now serving two life sentences or whatever was he out no nope, never no. gets out no. he was on the last four years of his thing and right, then he, they, right. they get him on another they get him on Holly Ann Hughes wow yeah okay. exactly so they uh, and, it, and it just kind of like the framing of it was the two filmmakers were these uh, guy and a girl from Staten Island who knew the urban legend of this guy called Cropsy, who was kind of like a Staten Island-style boogeyman who would kidnap away children. There was like a string of children kidnappings. String. Well, so the thing, <sighs> the, the thing is, yeah, Scott, Scott does, wasn't paying Wait attention. Wait a minute. Yeah, there was a string. There was, there was, there was four or five children that they talked about. No, between there were f- 1972 and 1984. Yeah, but there were also okay. like 30, like over other times, or whatever. Like there were, there were only they only could link Rand to like four, but there was like there were like 30 well, missing kids. Weren't all weekend. of the kids had mentally handicapped? Well, didn't that tie them all together? On yes. Staten Island, over 12 years, it's not a string. Well, I mean, it's not but, like but there were 30- Summer of Sam, where it's like. Blonde girls every couple of w- weeks. Okay. Right. Okay. But then there was also, and it also ties into the fact that there was one of the nation's largest like children rehabilitation clinics called Willowbrook, where Geraldo Rivera did this breaking news thing, and Horrible. it's like yeah. like videos of the kids just like naked and like banging themselves into the wall and stuff, uh, and like st- staff like kids outnumbering staff like thirty to one and like throwing shit at the walls and all that stuff. Yeah. So this derelict thing is in the woods at the same time as all of this. So like just kind of creates, I think that extra like cultural, like fear of the woods uh, mm. like the, the, that, you know, that this guy Andre Rand was like living in. Scott hated it. I hated this movie. I hated, <laughs> I hated this movie as a documentary. I hated it because the premise is introduced as 
there was a boogeyman story in Staten Island. Right. We all knew him as Cropsy. He he was this scary story that we all told each other whenever we were, you know, getting drunk in basements or mm-hmm. going to camping. And then that is completely thrown aside. You, there are no ties to ever tie Andre Rand to Cropsy. Ever. For the rest of the movie. Except that he was what the dude who was about? ultimately kidnapping kids. And then and then he gets arrested for killing one kid. Kidnapping one kid. They didn't even get him on Kidnapping there. one yeah, kid. He, he gets get arrested for the kidnapping and murder and wasn't even convicted for murdering this kid. Just yeah. on eyewitness testimony, he is convicted of kidnapping. Yeah. And that's that's the, the crux of the plot. Mm-hmm. I mean, here's now here's my thing about the film, is that it is only a 57-minute run time, whereas I feel that it could easily, uh, like, handled... I could have dealt with, like, a making a murderer style, like lots of more interviews, like yeah. lots more about the families, lots more about whatever. Well, like, that's just it. I feel like there wasn't any more. Maybe. Yeah, like, I actually looked it up on Wikipedia and there's another release of the film that's longer. It's like, I think it's listed on Wikipedia at 126 minutes or okay. something. Well, so it's I just actually more of them there was saying that like, it's sad that kids got kidnapped. Like, sure. But that's what I'm saying. I wish it would have kind of taken, I, yeah. I wish it would have taken a little more time maybe exploring his potential innocence. Like, other, other than just talking to the defense attorneys, like, I was like, okay, so this is kind of messed up if they're really just looking... Like, even the final little, like, denouement of, like, him, they're just sort of like, well, he was the Staten Island scapegoat. And you're like, but it wasn't really solving anything. So I'm like, so figure out more. Yeah, let's, let's hear more of the story. Yeah, yeah, keep digging. Yeah, I just feel like, hey, we heard a creepy story. Oh, and this other guy was creepy. Movie! Yeah, but it's they just... grew up right around where the guy was kidnapping, or suppo- allegedly kidnapping children. Yeah. Kids were kidnapped. But and there's, also, there was enough, you know, like, like you said, there was enough yeah. like sketchiness in the investigation, like the fact that she was buried uh, head down, but there was like signs of like the blood pooling in and her thing, feet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There so, were signs that the body had been moved. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That's it. Like there's, there was like there were like it was just like stuff like that got like five seconds of screen time and then kind of like skipped around. I I fully admit that it was like a flawed documentary. They 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 talk about how ex- how much they're trying to get to interview him, how excited they are. They finally get to interview him. And then they never interview him. Well, but but, but that's like, a story. But like, at the same yeah. time, the like the detective guy was like, "Yeah, he did that to us too. Like he would agree to interviews, but make why? us drive up, and then refuse last well, minute." Why put that in the movie? It's not an interesting viewing. I thing. thought it was super interesting. I it's, was I was enraptured by this whole thing, Scott. I thought it was it's like it's him manipulating yeah. them, like from yeah. prison. He's just messing with them. Those letters that he's sending to them are like bananas. Crazy. And then yeah. I'm not saying he's not a creepy, crazy dude. It's just it's not a it's a non-story. How is there not a story? These kids grew up with the legend of kids being kidnapped around them, and then they, they learned that there was actually a guy who was tried for this, and then they, whatever, let's go see it. They talked to him, and that's the thread of the story, yeah, right? They spent and then, so much time just waffling about nothing. And then at the end, they actually go to the grounds, and they meet other kids who are also talking about these creepy legends. Like, it was fun. Just like, but they don't find anything out. The well, whole movie, they so discover the still around. nothing. Yeah. So he's still around. It's it's a documentary that reveals nothing. It's a documentary that follows things that were already in the news. Well, they, they weren't even in the court. They don't they don't talk to the prosecutors of of the second case at all. Like there's hmm. there's nothing. Well, they probably refused, right? Because they were talking to the family. Of course, they refused. Yeah. No, no, I'm just saying. But they talked to they talked to uh, Holly Ann's family a ton. Yeah, yeah. Who were the family that were going for like the prosecution? And even they say, well, we don't really get closure from it. It's, it's yeah. so unfulfilling it's like 
wafer hosts. There was I, nothing there. I actually liked that because you know what? Sometimes that's how life is. Yeah. Like I said, I would have I would have much appreciated like longer to exit. Yeah. The, watching the whole thing was like listening to the last episode of Serial. <laughs> I was just like, oh, oh so nothing happened? Okay. Hmm. I thought it was a super fun, spooky uh, yeah. documentary. Oh, I hated it so much. <laughs> wow. We're going to rank this thing? <laughs> yeah, this is going to be a hard time. Let's get into this. Okay, we I don't think we've ever been so off. We've got to trust in the list, though, because it's happened before. We all disagree, and it goes in the same place. Mm. And if we're looking at other documentaries, I feel like there's a couple. Well, I mean, like Scott is saying it was garbage, almost like unwatchable, right? Like you didn't even – you had a hard time getting through an hour film. Yeah. Right? That's, that's pretty messed up. I was enraptured. Yeah, me too. Uh, like I'm feeling if I'm fucking suicide squad, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, well, let's see, let's Ooh. see where, let's see where, where Scott, Scott, where, where's your, where's your gut going? Not trying to appease us. If you were like, yeah. this is the Scott list. Where do you think? It would go? I feel like my ceiling, it can't possibly go above Hellboy. Cause a couple over that you get my Scientology movie. Which I feel would be comparable to my feelings on this movie. They talk about a thing and then they just sadly don't delve Crew. into it. I feel this is better than Crush Crew. Because uh, above that is Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers running down a dream. Which is four hours long. But I feel told an interesting <laughs> story and revealed things to me that were fascinating. See, I'm seeing it. And then above that is Crush Groove, which is like a not a documentary documentary, <laughs> which is interesting and fascinating. I would go way above that. You're saying this was Ooh. worse than X-Men Apocalypse? Yeah. Dude. Yeah, I would like to say, like, here, like, I'm, I am going higher, but not, like, a lot higher. Yeah. Like, I'm kind of seeing it maybe, maybe bump above Ghost in the Shell. That's where I'm sort of landing. Oh, man. Because I'm like, it's, like, as, like, pieces of things, it doesn't get near Interstellar, in my opinion. It doesn't get near rubber. Like, I know that I know that you're comparing documentaries with, like, weird, <laughs> like, RC nonsense, but it's just sort of like, like, those were also kind of movies that were more styled uh, in substance, which ultimately kind of Cropsy almost is, <laughs> in a weird way, despite it being a documentary. Like, Yeah. I have a lot of trouble with putting it down, like... You really don't want to put it above X-Men Oh, man, Apocalypse. God. Like, if we do, it's like... Oh, Just above Rush. Maybe around that Rush, Dragon Slayer. Oh, my God. Not a chance. Solace. Buddy. Like... I would watch it again right now, probably. The only saving grace is that it's under an hour long. If I had to sit through more of that... All three of our respective... Mm-hmm. Opinions, definitive opinions, definitive opinions. Yeah. Uh, it f- find a spot for it that's under Moana, <laughs> under Moana, then yeah, <laughs> under Moana. I feel that's, <laughs> I feel that's fine because, like I said, I mean, like you said, uh, King Arthur was pretty good. Yeah. Ghost in the Shell, like if if there was a bit more of a yes. if there was a bit more of a reveal on Cropsy, I would want it to go a lot higher. But it's like it is lacking kind of that like like. Twist. It, it doesn't kind of present- watch like, the presentation a true of story. They don't always get twists, man. That's why you don't make documentaries about everything. There was still I did enough story. I did a bunch of laundry yesterday. It doesn't warrant fifty-five minutes of filmmaking. But what if? 
It did. <laughs> oh my god! Like Scott. Really I, I don't know. I just yeah. I feel like it had some serious serious flaws as a film. Like, do we? Do, uh, we have four or five minutes left. Do you yeah. feel that that is adequate time to answer? Jurors question. Well, it's a tricky, tricky issue with this one, and I'll tell you why. You want to read it? All right. Yeah. So, <coughs> we got a letter from the listener. No, no, nine to five, long time listener, first time caller, Jer. Third time caller. Third time caller. He just always calls in on the hotline. Uh, asks to John. It was of great embarrassment to me that I realized during the height of the conflict in Crimea that most of my understanding of the debacle came from a podcast by three Montrealers with Reddit accounts. <laughs> However, the explanation was given very well and more deep dives on conspiracy theories and geopolitical issues of the day would be cool. For instance, I believe the next G7 will be in Quebec next year. Last time it was there, things were interesting. You guys were there. Mm-hmm. Uh, how would you anticipate this time being different slash same from political, economic, and social justice perspectives? John. Well, it's a good question. I mean, the problem is that uh, conspiracy theories are usually an exercise in post hoc ergo propter hoc uh, nonsense. Mm-hmm. And so it's hard to say what conspiracy theories would arise from uh, something that has not yet happened. Mm-hmm. But maybe I could, I could, I don't know about Jer, but certainly in my own mind, the concept of globalization has somewhat changed. Right? When we were kids, and we did, we went to Quebec City, we got tear gassed very badly. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I don't know if he was there. I don't remember. You were certainly there. Yeah, I, I was. Really, might have been. He might have been. Anyway, the um, that we were protesting against globalization and the and reducing the powers right. of the IMF and the World Bank and all of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I think that was that was the point. Mm-hmm. And then right now, I'm not necessarily sure. I think that that's the right solution. Like those institutions might be bankrupt. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, like any time that you have a, a nation like China that's willing to reduce, you know, any nation that's going to drop their wages is now competing with another nation that has higher wages. You immediately have a discrepancy. You know, and you and yeah. you get into trouble. So I think the overall attitude of the people has changed, mm-hmm. but I don't know if that's necessarily a conspiracy. Hmm. It's pretty tricky. I don't know what I would, what the G seven is up to really. So I have trouble answering that. But he does ask about contemporary um, conspiracies, right? And so maybe I'll di- I'll divert into another one. Okay, probably my favorite one. Your favorite, your current, your favorite conspiracy, conspiracy which would be nine eleven. Right, that's great. I love I love the nine eleven conspiracies. But just to make this faster, so we don't. Bog down too much. We don't have to mention anything that happened in with Trade Tower One or Two. Mm-hmm. So, like, like forgetting all of those, I think there's still enough evidence or enough circumstantial evidence to assume that there's a, a conspiracy going on with this. I mean, yeah, I think we, you and I have talked about this yeah. a lot. I mean, I think it's as, like as much as I enjoy your conspiracy theories and whatever else like that. I, it's just, I mean, I feel that there's, there's like, there's an advantage to the organizations involved to make it murky. Mm-hmm. Which I don't think that having a clear black and white data of how people just took advantage of a crappy like system to crash planes into things mm-hmm. is looks good on anyone. And I kind of get why intelligence agents cover it up. You know what I mean? Like it's just that's 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 where that's where I where, where, I, where my mean? like my like my opinion is that like conspiracy theories actually ultimately end up are probably like serving the purpose of the organizations that are trying to make a murky dialogue about the true events that were just a massive failure on the organi- like on the government's part. Well, okay, but you would be say- like so you're saying that 9/11 did- was not allowed to happen or was not done with the complicity of the Americans? No, and that's not even what I'm saying. I I'm just understand. saying that like there's like the murkier the dialogue uh, becomes. Uh, I am. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't think that's a thing that would have been allowed to happen. Not just <laughs> the complicity, but you don't think that put, like I feel that there's like a pretty good potential of people not raising the correct alarms in the correct oh, order I, and like I've, I feel like there was 
flaws. Yeah. But I don't think there was... Like, let's make this happen? We think this is going to happen, and that's good. Or how can we spin this after it happens? I, I feel like anyone who thought it might happen was taking it very seriously to make it not happen. And people who might have known that it might happen, who did nothing about it, thought that that's because it wasn't going to happen. I don't feel like anyone said, this planes happen. dropping on American soil, how do we spin this to our advantage? I don't think there was any of that. Okay, so before... They happened. Somebody took out multi-million dollar put options against United Airlines and American Airlines the day before. Okay, So they were betting that the stock prices were going to crash. The SEC, the, the government body whose job it is to watch over the, the economic institutions, they said, hey, there was a whole bunch of suspicious, suspicious trade activities around these companies. Right before, they built up a big report and handed it over to the FBI who did nothing with it. It didn't get into the 9-11 Commission's investigation about what happened. There was WT7, so there was another Again, whole you, other skyscraper. You can put that off to, to terrorist organizations, like people who were there are other there are, there are okay, terrorists. No, like, I don't that, feel like I, okay, that's law true, enforcement. But the SEC has the ability to say who those people were, right? Yeah. They can track down who exactly made those trades, and that never occurred. Because it was probably, not to say probably, but I mean, like, like I'm like a, a, always like a siding with the Occam's Razor kind of be. Like, there was probably a good number of, like, Middle Eastern wealthy princes or whatever else like that who were like, okay, yo, but, bye, bye, bye. But then they, that, but then it would be, it would be in the 9-11 report if they figured it out. They would get a list of names, who invested, who knew, right? They can, then they could go to them and say, hey, we need more information, or they could try and blame them. It's not, it's not like it's a, it's a, a remote thread to connect the two events. Right, unless someone like made a phone call and some people in the Middle East who were super wealthy were like, sure, yeah, and we also support uh, Al-Qaeda all the time, and that where the half okay, the money but comes. None of that went into the 9-11 report, which then was meant to be... it wouldn't necessarily have to. If it, was such a, if it was such a closed loop, why would they have investigated it that much? If it was super obvious that it was just like the Al-Qaeda betting on themselves, why would they go like, let's waste all this Yeah, manpower? but then they would know. Then they would know who had money. But they know who has money already. I don't think that that's necessarily true. And none of that was ever discussed as part of this. How about the, the people who were in charge of the 9-11 Commission, right? There was like a bunch of people whose job it was to investigate. Something like four out of eight of them now say that they believe there was a cover-up and that the, the point of the 9-11 investigation was to fail. This whole investigation, right, the big report to say what happened, never once mentioned the other skyscraper that got knocked over, right? WTC7, never, um, never in the um, history of skyscrapers has, a, has a, a skyscraper burned to the point where it fell down. Right, except on nine eleven with that one. I mean, there's not a lot of freaking jet airliners smashing into. It there. was never hit by a jet. It was a forty-seven t- story tall skyscraper that was on fire on f- at five p.m. on nine eleven, and it just fell down. Thirty minutes before it fell down, <laughs> like like somebody on on the news was like, "Oh yeah, they're going to pull the 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 building right," and then it gets cut off, and then it goes down, and then fucking four weeks later, Larry Silverstein, who owned the complex, who was in charge of this, who you know owned it, at the end of it, he was like, "Oh yeah, they made a decision to go and pull the building." What does that mean to you? All right, let's back up. Okay, uh, you're talking about a, a cover up in the investigation. Yeah, I'm willing to concede the fact that once plans operated by terrorists Mm -hmm. crashed into American buildings and all over the place. There were Americans who were saying, how do we profit from this after the fact? Um, Halliburton military industrial complex, people like saying, Hey, this is a big deal. There are going to be wars. Let's put it, let's make tanks. Let's put a spin on this that 
benefits let's, us. Okay. Let's, let's make tanks and like that. That kind putting, of conspiracy and, makes more sense to me. And them putting the pressure on it. Of it, you know what I mean? Like profiteering yeah. off the event makes a ton I mean, of sense. That's guaranteed. That's not even yeah, a discussion. Yeah, exactly. That's but them, them, them muddying the waters of an investigation to make sure that, that we're going to invade Iraq. You know, like, like, I mean, like to put it in or Afghanistan, I should say, like, let's make both. sure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like that like, let's, going A to B let's makes screw sense this to up to make sure that the government doubles and triples their military spending. Okay. We're over time. I don't want to go too much into details. Really but we could, there is a rabbit hole. We could go down here talking about other things that came before. We that, start a podcast. <laughs> yeah. Except, you know, this, who gives a shit? This is all fucking. I feel that our conspiracy would love to just have a podcast where they just talk about stuff. Supplemental, <laughs> supplemental contact content. If there's some way we could like work out a system to put out more content than we're currently putting out, <laughs> specials or our conspiracy has been taken over by bots. You can't. Uh, it does nothing anymore. Says our conspiracy user. Uh huh. <laughs> How do you know it's been taken over by bots? Due <laughs> to our bot conspiracy. <laughs> Uh, if you have <laughs> questions for us uh, at any time, I guess the easiest way is to you can direct message us on Facebook on Facebook where we are nine to five dot cc. You can direct message us on uh, Twitter, which is nine to five cc. They're all on the website. DMs, I guess, are probably the easiest and quickest way. Or if you could just comment on, or you can email us at Scott at nine to five cc or Keith at nine to five dot cc. Are you John or are you Jorn? Both, John or Jorn at nine to five dot cc. We check our emails. Uh, yeah, there's just, so much. Just a little bit. <laughs> Probably. This has been the 9 to 5. Look, if you're a fan of the show and uh, the site in general, uh, please take the time to like us on Facebook. We are number 9to5dotcc, 9to5.cc on Facebook. And uh, also follow us on Twitter. We're at sign number 9to5cc number on Twitter. So, uh, And also be sure to check back on the site for something on Mondays, probably. Uh, we have Zombies and Loathing After the Bomb, usually on Tuesdays. We have a new comic in 9to5 Illustrated every Wednesday, a new podcast every week, usually on Thursday. It's either going to be a 90s or a Go Plug Yourselves. And on Fridays, we have Fine Arts with either Sophie and Scott. And, uh, you know, maybe John will even uh, contribute one of his mega articles at some point, too. You can only hope. All right, thanks. 9to5.cc. We're not working. Why should you? Thanks for listening.